Crafters, welcome back to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC. Before we get into this episode, I have a couple of announcements. First off, I have relaunched my Patreon page. Um, you can go find it at the link in the description of this episode. I've changed it up a little bit from last time. Uh, some of the perks are a bit different and I think a little bit more manageable in my opinion. So there are two tiers on the Patreon now. The first tier will have access to a monthly Ask Me Anything uh, where I'll answer any of your questions provided they're not too personal, as well as an exclusive Patreon Discord channel in the Dig Straight Down Discord server, and all patrons are going to be credited in every Dig Straight Down episode video on YouTube. Now for the second tier, you get all of that plus access to the Book and Quill podcast. The Book and Quill podcast is going to be a monthly podcast where I discuss and talk about and even read out loud some of the stories that I'm writing, and I've been writing for years. I thought it'd be really cool to go ahead and open up a little bit and share that part of my creative uh, world with you guys and as a way for you guys to uh, get to know me better as a creator and to be introduced to things that I've created that are very, very personal and, and close to me. So if you're into science fiction, fantasy, that kind of thing, that might be what you're interested in. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. The link is in the description of this episode. And my goal with the Patreon is to raise enough funds to uh, be able to invest back in this show and other things that I want to create that you guys will eventually enjoy. I would like to be able to upgrade my microphone to have better sound quality here. I would like to be able to buy a PC eventually so that I can play Minecraft and make videos, um, Minecraft videos on a PC that I could then uh, upload to YouTube for you guys to watch. Um, and I would also one day potentially uh, hire an editor so that I can focus more on the, the production side of something and allow someone else to come in and concentrate on the editing so that I think the end result would be a much more polished uh, thing than I'm able to do on my own. So those are my goals for the Patreon. If you want to help me to get to that level of creating, uh, go check that out. Again, the link is in the description of this episode. Also, Minecraft 1.10 Caves and Cliffs Part 2 is just about to drop as you're listening to this episode. So when that happens, I would like to try to make some Minecraft videos um, using Minecraft for mobile, uh, which is on my phone right now. I'm able to record uh, using some apps on my phone, and I would like to try to make some Minecraft videos exploring Caves and Cliffs 1.18. Um, so if you guys are interested in that, make sure that you are subscribed to this channel, and make sure you've clicked the bell icon to get notified when I upload, because Hopefully, those videos will be coming out shortly, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed. And with that being said, guys, let's get into the main discussion of this episode. Now, I'm continuing to talk about Minecraft 1.19, the wild update, which is going to come out next year, um, and one of the, probably the most looked forward to set of features in Minecraft 1.19 is everything that has to do with the Deep Dart Biome. The Deep Dart Biome was going to be originally released in 1.17, which was Caves and Cliffs Part 1, um, but they had to delay that. The first time they delayed it, they delayed it till 1.18, but then it just became too big, so they had to delay it once again, and we're going to have it in 1.19. So this has been delayed twice. 
Um, and from what we have seen about the Deep Dark that they've shown us in previous Minecraft Live events, is that it is definitely worth the wait. It is much bigger than what we anticipated it was going to be from what we saw when they were originally going to release it in Minecraft 1.17, which was Caves and Cliffs Part 1. So the main features that we're going to see in the Deep Dark are the Skulk, the Warden, and the Ancient Cities, the Deep Dark Ancient Cities. Um, and probably... One of the most fascinating things about all three of those features is that there is, there seems to be some sort of secret lore behind these features. They have worked out some world building here that they're not wanting to show us, but I think that they want us to be able to engage with these features and see if we can figure out what the lore is on our own. And that's going to be a little bit of what we do in this episode. What is that secret lore of the Deep Dark that we're going to see in the Wild Update? So let's start with the Skulk specifically. Now King Bee Dogs uh, tweeted this about the Skulk. He said, Lore theory time. Why do you think Skulk exists from what you've seen so far? And in thinking about this I don't have a very specific idea of why the Skulk exists, but I think we have a few clues. Uh, number one, there is this mysterious connection between souls and Skulk. Now, souls are something that we've seen before in Minecraft in the form of Soul Sand. Soul Sand has been around for quite a while now. Um, even before the Nether update, we had Soul Sand. Um, and when the nether update happened and you were able to run across soul sand using boots that were enchanted with soul speed, what would happen is behind you would be these like little ghosty particle effects that were called souls. Um, and then we saw souls once again in Minecraft Dungeons, the dungeon crawler game in the world of Minecraft, where souls seem to be kind of used in the same way that experience is used in vanilla Minecraft. It's sort of like a magical energy, like a mana, maybe, for some of you who are familiar with uh, fantasy games. Um, it seems to be some sort of magical energy that you tap into to use magical abilities. The way Skulk spreads is that if a mob dies within a certain radius of a skulk catalyst, that death then causes the skulk to take over the blocks around that area. But when that happens, um, the, what we've seen in the videos that they've shown us so far, when that happens, when a mob dies around a skulk catalyst, there is this little flicker of a soul particle that seems to either leave or jump out of the skulk catalyst. So there seems to be an exchange of soul going on there. Maybe the soul of that mob leaves the mob and gets drawn into the ground, which then becomes skulk. And of course we see the skulk uh, soul connection a bit more obviously as well in the warden's texture. Uh, in the warden's chest cavity there seems to be two or three souls peeking out very eerily and it's very spooky. Um, so there is something going on here. So when you take this idea of souls being drawn into the ground which then creates new skulk blocks 
and then there seems to be this concentration of souls in the warden itself and you take that in combination with the ancient cities, which are in ruins, there's nobody living there as far as we can tell anyway, I think we can come up with some sort of story going on. And this is what I've got so far. So what if, once upon a time, the ancient cities were thriving? They were big, beautiful cities. These cities were created, they were built by the people who, by the civilization who created the jungle temples, the the uh, desert temples, those structures that exist in the overworld, things like the stronghold, those kinds of things. That civilization uh, dug deeper into the ground. They mined deeper looking for more treasure, more ores, more valuables. They were getting greedy. Um, and so the deeper they dug, the greedier they become until something happened, some catastrophe happened. Maybe they turned on each other in their greed. They were driven mad by the idea of hoarding more wealth. They turned on each other. Maybe they were attacked by undead down deep in the depths of the world. Who knows what happened, but something happened to cause the people of these cities to be wiped out. And as they're being wiped out, their souls were drawn into the ground around them, and thus they became the Skulk. The Skulk are actually, according to this little theory that I have going on, the Skulk are actually this residual remains of this ancient civilization. And the reason the Warden exists is because of the greed of these people. So as you're as you're searching ancient cities for loot, as you're looking in the chests and everything, it agitates the souls of those people, the, the greedy souls of these people who once hoarded this wealth. And so when they sense you looking for it and raiding it, they come together, they create the warden to drive you away, to protect their wealth. That's just a little idea that I have. I could be completely wrong. I don't expect that we're going to learn the exact truth of what happened in the ancient cities and why the skull exists, but that's sort of my headcanon going on right now. Let me know what you guys think. This is a very interesting question King Big Dogs posed to us. Why do you think the skulk exists. Now, the Warden has kind of become the symbol of the Caves and Cliffs update, part one and part two. Um, and unfortunately, it's been moved on to the Wild update, so we're not going to see it in the Caves and Cliffs update. But the Warden has become this this universal symbol of, of excitement in the Minecraft community. There is not one person that I can think of or that I've seen express dislike for the warden. Maybe fear, but not outright dislike that they wish that it was not going to be added. Everyone seems to be very excited about the warden. Um, but of course, in the Minecraft community, whenever a new mob is added, it's like a hostile mob, everyone is like, okay, so how are we going to defeat this thing? And there's so many clever ideas that come out in the Minecraft community because honestly, there's so many geniuses in the Minecraft community. Um, so obviously, when the warden was revealed, and it was revealed to be a very, very tough mob to kill, um, a lot of people were asking that question, how can we make this easier? How can we make this battle an easier battle for us? Um, so how can we possibly maybe pillar up 
and strike the warden from above where it can't reach us or dig into a hole in the wall where it can't squeeze through and hit it from a safe distance. Sort of like a lot of people who cheese the wither. Uh, but King B-Dogs, in a tweet, he had this to say about cheesing the warden. When it comes to cheesing the warden with, for example, pillaring a few blocks up, I've made a conscious decision to find design solutions for that without making them break blocks. I think the obvious solution is always destruction, but I think we can make the warden smarter. The solution for this is still being designed and worked on, so we'll see what comes of it. But I really don't want them to break blocks. It kind of goes against Minecraft's principles. Creepers feel different because it's a one-time explosion. The warden would do it all the time. So there you go, the warden is not going to be a destructive mob as far as we can tell. It's not going to be able to break blocks in the world because that quote-unquote goes against Minecraft's principles. Now, I would kind of bring up the wither in that. The wither, if you don't kill the wither, it will continue to just destroy the world and break blocks. Same thing with the ender dragon. Now, the ender dragon in the end dimension doesn't break blocks, but if you bring it into the overworld, it would pretty much lay waste to everything because um, if it pa I think if it passes through a block that's not native to the end, it destroys it. I could be completely wrong on that, or maybe they've changed that recently, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Anyway, regardless, the Wither definitely is a destructive mob, so I don't know. It seems Minecraft's principles can kind of be shaky and vague sometimes, which is fine. That's fine. The, the developers know much more about that than I do, personally, so I'm not going to complain about that too much. Um, but the Warden is not going to be a destructive mob. The Warden is not going to break blocks. So that leaves us to kind of come up with ideas on how is the Warden going to keep us from cheating in that fight? How is the Warden going to keep us from pillaring up a few blocks and just knocking you out the way people do to Iron Golems all the time? And so the community has come up with a few different ideas. The first and most common one that I've seen uh, seems to be this idea of a sonic attack. So maybe the warden has this scream or bellow, or maybe it punches the ground to send a shockwave out. Um, since the warden seems to be tied to sound quite a bit, it senses things through hearing, so maybe it's able to have a shockwave effect to knock a player off of a block. Um, similar to an explosion that just doesn't destroy blocks or maybe doesn't take health away from you. It just knocks you back. I think this would be a really cool um, feature, and I think that a lot of people are, are guessing that this is what the warden is going to be able to do. I think if that happens, that would probably be what I would like for it to do because it introduces a new mechanic into the game that we haven't seen. It would be a sort of explosion effect that wouldn't harm you and it wouldn't destroy any blocks around you. It would just sort of have a knockback effect um, on mobs and on the player, um, which would be really, really interesting to see. The second one that I've seen uh, is that the warden might have the ability to climb walls similar to a spider so that if we pillar up, the warden just climbs up the pillar. Um, I think that would be really cool. Very, very, very creepy. Um, but also, I, I don't know about this one because it doesn't fix the it's not a solution for the um, the situation that you would have if the player sort of tunnels into a one by two hole in the wall. The the warden climbing up walls that wouldn't have any effect on that. So maybe, but I don't see this as being the solution for cheesing the warden. 
Another solution could be that the warden actually has some sort of projectile attack that could also have an area of effect uh, damage cloud, similar to how the dragon's breath does. So maybe the warden has the warden's breath that shoots out this this projectile that then becomes like a splash potion. You have this cloud of damage, basically, that if the player is anywhere in it, it almost kills you instantly. Something like that. Um, the That doesn't seem like a very creative idea, but it seems to be the solution for both pillaring and tunneling uh, to get away from the warden. Um, but I'm interested to see what the Minecraft developers have up their sleeves. I'm sure it's going to be a completely um, unexpected uh, creative idea. Uh, and let me know what you guys think too. If you were in charge of designing the warden to keep it cheese-proof in this uh, warden versus player fight, what would you do? What uh, effect or attack or power would you give to the warden to make sure that the player cannot cheat in that battle? There's another tweet from King B Dogs that I thought was very fascinating, so I want to read that out right now and uh, talk a little bit about it. I want to talk about the heartbeat in the warden videos. When developing the warden for the first time, sound design was super important to me, and the mob was designed with that in mind. Part of me wanted to hear the player's heartbeat as the warden got closer for anticipation. That would be the opposite of immersive, though. Do Steve or Alex have heartbeats? Would it even make sense to hear it? In my opinion, no. It feels too out of place. My solution instead was, what if something else had made that heartbeat sound? Thus, the warden gained a heartbeat. Currently, the warden's heartbeat gets faster the more angry or close it is to finding its prey. In real time, this has really felt like it mimics the panic level of the player itself. The closer the warden is to finding you, the more anxious you're probably going to be. This was a really cool design workaround to mimic some really interesting sound design without breaking immersion. It also adds so much more to the warden itself. And there are, of course, lore reasons as to why the warden has a heartbeat. So there you have it. There is lore behind all of this stuff. King B-Dogs knows about this, okay? King B-Dogs, he probably has a whole novel outlining what exactly the deep dark cities, the warden, the skulk, all of that, how it all connects. And we could just go crazy uh, just trying to figure it all out ourselves. But the heartbeat has something to do with this. There is a reason the warden has a heartbeat, and it's a lore reason. There's a story going on here. It does tie into my idea, my theory, for why the warden and the skulk even exist in the first place. If you think about the warden as sort of like a collection of souls, a collection of people who have lived one time and were are dead, and now they're kind of rising up in this weird, strange form to protect their treasure and their homeland, it would make sense for there to be a heartbeat there to sort of symbolize that this is sort of a living creature, kind of, maybe it once was alive, or maybe the heartbeat is sort of the echo of heartbeats from the past. I don't know, but it does kind of tie into that, kind of hint back at that kind of idea. Um, anyway, guys, let me know what you think. Why do you think the warden has a heartbeat? So moving on to my personal favorite deep dark feature, the ancient cities. The ancient cities, when I first saw these in the videos, I was just blown away. I've wanted something exactly like this in Minecraft for a very, very long time. Ruined cities as a structure feature is brilliant for 
world building and lore uh, gameplay, like j just coming up with reasons and ancient histories and trying to even like move into these things and rebuild them and restore them to their former glory. That is such a cool idea. These aren't just like little one-off huts that you find out in the wilderness somewhere. These are literal cities. These are large structures. We don't know exactly how big they are, but they look really, really big, at least village size. Uh, from the videos, if not much larger than village size. So I am very, very excited to see the ancient cities. That's going to be something that I will spend a lot of time looking for in 1.19, the wild update, when it drops next year. So a few notes that I have about the ancient cities. First of all, um, if you look closely at some of the preview videos that we saw in Minecraft Live, um, there's one part that seems to, there seems to be some redstone lamps involved in the structure of the, of the uh, cities. There seems to be redstone lamps um, serving as light sources. And this got me thinking, um, what if, so we know that skulk sensors send out redstone signals. Um, what if there was a way for redstone lamps and skulk sensors to interact with each other so that maybe you're sneaking through an ancient city, maybe you're not being careful enough, you set off a skulk sensor and redstone lamps flicker around you just to give a little bit more eeriness and, and mystery to these ancient cities. It would be really, really cool if maybe uh, you set off a sensor and pistons started firing and walls opened up and doors opened up that you didn't know were there. If there were some redstone puzzles, redstone secrets and mechanisms involved in the ancient cities, that would be really, really, really fun to investigate, to interact with, as well as adding more lore and story to these ancient cities. If these people had complicated redstone doors in their cities that makes them seem so much more advanced than uh you know just medieval style you know medieval fantasy civilizations they seem to be much more scientific at that point so i would love to be walking through an ancient city and then accidentally set off a redstone contraption of some kind maybe a, a trap door or a or a secret door or redstone lamps any of those things would be really, really, really cool. Now, a question that I've seen come up in the community a few times is, will strongholds be replaced by the ancient cities? Because there seems to be some similarities be between the two. The stronghold is this great, sprawling, residential kind of uh, structure that it generates underground, and that they can be quite big. Um, and that's very similar to the ancient cities. So it seems that... There might be a few redundancies there, but I personally don't see the stronghold being replaced by the ancient cities. I think that they're going to be two separate things. I think that the stronghold is going to be generating much higher in the world, and the, and the uh, ancient cities are going to be um, kept in the deep dark. They're only going to generate in the deep dark. Um, and I think this for a couple of reasons, but the primary one is because strongholds um, fill a very specific function in, my, in survival gameplay. The reason that the strongholds exist are to hold the end portal. That's where we go to find the end portal. It's a very, very specific reason for existing. The ancient cities have is completely different. 
in the ancient cities, we find the skulk, we find the warden, we find whatever unique loot that devs have planned for us to find in the in the deep dark. That is very different than the end portal. The end portal goes into a completely different direction in Minecraft gameplay. The deep dark, the, the ancient cities seem to be unique in that respect. I don't see Mojang replacing strongholds with the deep dark ancient cities. That being said, I do think that strongholds could stand for a bit of a facelift. I think that I would love to see more detail added into them. I would love for the generation of a stronghold to make a little bit more sense, maybe some less dead ends, maybe, maybe refine how a stronghold generates in the world a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't see the stronghold going away in favor of the ancient city. I think we're just going to have both in the world, which is actually really cool. I would rather have both than have to choose between one or the other. So maybe we will see an update come to strongholds in the wild update, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Now, speaking of that new unique loot that we're going to find in the ancient cities, you may have missed my reaction video to Ask Mojang number 20, which is a video that Mojang did on their YouTube channel. You can either click up in this corner or up in that corner. I can't really tell right now um, to, for a link to my reaction, vi my reaction video to their video. Um, but they talk about this new loot, this new unique loot that is going to come to ancient cities. And this is a quote from their video. King B-Dog said, With the deep dark, we want to make sure that there is some unique loot to it. And we, from the beginning, didn't want it to just be existing items that are going to be just be stronger. Like, we're not going to just have another netherite sword that's just a little stronger. We want to add new items you can't find anywhere else, and they have unique mechanics to them. So something that you couldn't do in Minecraft before, but you can now once you go to the deep dark. So the nature of this new loot, whatever it is, we still have no idea, but we do know this about it. It's going to be unique to the ancient cities. It's going to be something that we can't find anywhere else. And whatever it is, is going to have unique mechanics, unique properties that allow us to do something in Minecraft that we could not do before. This is going to be an elytra level piece of loot. Whatever this is, it's going to allow us to do something that we couldn't do to do before. And honestly, I've been racking my brains to think about what this could be, and I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I've heard people come up with a lot of ideas for maybe a new way of lighting up caves, um, maybe a grappling hook, backpacks even. And those are great ideas. I think this is going to be bigger, and I think it's going to be a little bit more creative than that. I think this is going to be something that when we see it, we're going to go, oh, okay. The similar reaction to when the Striders came out. I don't know if a lot of people are going, I mean, I don't think that it's going to be a community-wide, everyone's going to love it. I think that this is probably going to be the one thing that divides everybody on the deep dark. Um, some people want very specific things when it comes to new loot. A lot of people really only want new weapons and new armor. Um, I would love new weapons and new armor. But I'm not expecting new weapons and new armor from this new loot. I think this is going to be a more utilitarian type of item that allows us to do something uh, that, we weren't that we weren't able to do in the first place. And who knows what that is. Maybe it's something that maybe if you have this item equipped, you can walk through walls. I don't know. Something like that. It's going to be that level of interest. I think so let me know what you guys think maybe you guys have some really great ideas down in the comments below 
what do you think this new loot that we are going to find in the ancient cities is going to be? So that brings us to the end of the main discussion. Let's dig into this listener email from Shadow. Shadow writes, Hello, Rebel JC. I am a huge fan of this amazing podcast. Thank you so much, Shadow. I appreciate that. I've been listening for some time, and I've been inspired to start my own podcast as well. Anyways, on to the ideas. I was listening to the Wolf feature review in Season 2, Episode 15, and came up with some ideas for wolf armor and enchantments that might be cool to see in Minecraft. First, full body armor. This armor type is similar to horse armor, except it's for wolves. Just like horse armor, there are four types, leather, iron, gold, and diamond. Three armor types are uncraftable, but the leather one can be crafted in a crafting table by filling the middle row with leather, placing leather on the top right corner, and a piece of string on the bottom middle slot. All armor sets can rarely be found in chests, in villages, dungeons, mineshafts, strongholds, desert and jungle temples, and in woodland mansions. They do not have durability and cannot be destroyed unless through burning the item or the item despawning. When smelted, they turn into a single nugget, iron and gold only. Now for the enchantments. From the pre-existing enchantments, our doggies would be able to get protection up to level 3 and fire protection up to level 3 in memory of all those fallen doggies who perished to lava. Amen. <laughs> there are some, here are some new enchantments. 1. Spiked Fur. It is a smaller version of thorns and will deal 1 heart of damage per level of enchantment. 2. Guardian of the Forest. All hostile mobs within the 16 block radius of the wolf get slowness and weakness as long as they are within the radius. Next is the custom collar. The custom collar can be crafted by putting string into the left and right middle slots and leather into the middle. You can, up you can upgrade the collar in the smithing table to higher tiers. Iron, gold, diamond, and netherite. Armor points are equivalent to that of player helmets to the corresponding material. Item destruction and pre-existing enchantments are the same for full body armor. Due to the low armor points, here are some custom enchants for the collar. First, Howl of the Alpha. When the wolf gets hit by a mob or a player, it will howl, and any wolf in a 20 block radius will come to that wolf's aid. Two, Hunter's Instinct. This enchantment allows you to send your wolf to hunt any mob or player down. Simply splash, right click, some rabbit stew onto the target, and the wolf will follow them and attack them until the target has died or you call it back with a dog whistle. An effect that armor wolves get is called the moon's blessing. It would activate at night and would be indicated by a light blue particle effect around the wolf. During the phases of the moon, from the first quarter to the waning gibbous, the wolf's strength increases and they become more protective of you, yet will also attack any mob viciously within a four brock radius. However, from the third quarter to the waxing gibbous, the armor does not get these effects and stays the same way. On a full moon, the wolves give off a silver glow and their strength increases by 25% and get three extra hearts of health. In a new moon, the wolf's strength decreases by 20% and becomes scared, which means the wolf will stick beside you and will not attack any mobs even if you hit them first. I would have written down more ideas, but this email is way too long as it is, so my apologies for that. That's alright. I would like to hear what you think about these ideas. Sincerely, Shadow, host of the Ender Library podcast. P.S. Remember, keep digging straight down for many secrets but lie beneath the surface. Well, thank you so much, Shadow, for this email. There's a lot to unpack here, so I'm just going to hit a few points. First of all, obviously, let's have armor for our 
tame the wolves. This is it's beyond ridiculous that we don't. Um, we have it for our horses, which nobody uses. I mean, nobody uses horses. I would love to use horses more, but they just get in the way more than they're useful. But a lot of people just want to have pet wolves. I mean, that's something that everybody does just instinctively. When they see a wolf, they check their inventory. Do I have a bone to give this wolf so that it could become my friend forever? So there's not a Minecraft player I expect that has ever gone by a wolf and said, I'm not interested at all. We've all had a pet wolf at one time in Minecraft. So to have armor for these guys just makes sense. We want to be able to protect our pets in Minecraft. Um, there are some really cool ideas in this email. Uh, but the one that really stuck out to me, I just I just loved this one, was tying wolves to the phases of the moon. It makes so much sense. Wolves howl at the moon. There, there's already a connection there in in the mythology of humanity. Like we we connect wolves with the moon already. So why can't we do that in Minecraft? Um, allowing wolves to be stronger as the moon gets fuller and then weaker as the moon goes dark. That's a really interesting idea. I really love it. And it would it would make the moon more relevant to gameplay. Right now, the moon has actually has an effect on gameplay. I believe the fuller the moon gets, the more dangerous hostile mobs are, especially the undead. I think. And when it becomes darker, the the weaker the the um, or the less that they spawn in the world, something like that. There's a connection there between hostile mobs and the moon already. But it's not to the point where the player would even notice. So if we were to connect wolves to the moon, I think that we would notice the moon a little bit more. We would take note of what phase it was in uh, in order to better take care of and better utilize our wolf pets. Thank you so much for this email, Shadow. There's a lot in there, um, but if, if you guys wanted to read it again, go back and you can pause it and read it some more and let me know what you guys think of these ideas. I really liked them a lot. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I just want to remind you real quick, my Patreon has been released, and if you're interested in supporting this show and supporting me as a creator, go click the link down in the description and check out the different tiers and choose one that's right for you, and I appreciate it in advance. Um, also, if you're not subscribed to this channel and you're enjoying these videos, please hit the subscribe button and click the bell icon for notifications of future videos and future uploads. I would love to see you return to this channel. And you can email me with questions or comments. My email address is digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter at rebeljc underscore 92. also have a Discord channel that you can join. The link is down in the show notes, the description of this episode. And guys, until next episode, keep digging straight down. I'll see you at Bedrock.